3: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast, with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. lot to get to again on this edition of the HHC. Hornets fell to 2 at Summer League, dropping one to the Lakers, 93-75, to couple of stands out performers we want to touch on and also just talk about the level of play overall here for Brandon Miller and the Charlotte Hornets moving on there's a new tournament that's a piece of the NBA season puzzle. Not really adding anything games wise, unless, of course, you're playing in the final, which the Hornets hope to this year, but we'll break it down for you, take you through what we do know about the Hornets' schedule now, I guess, for the 23 24 season. And there will be more on the Hornets' summer league schedule. We'll get you ready for a potential number two versus number three head to head meeting, Brandon Miller versus Scoot Henderson, with the Hornets taking on the Trailblazers. Helping me on all of these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, here with us once again. Rob, the Hornets, uh, another struggle offensively against the L.A. Lakers. They fall 93-75, to in particular the shooting. Rough go of it. Your thoughts here, now two games into the Las Vegas portion
4: of Summer League definitely struggling from shooting again like you mentioned but i think maybe one of the better games or maybe even the best game that the hornets have kind of put together so far i mean they led at halftime they were up 40 to 39 and then just the shooting was not very good they only were shooting 29% from the field through three quarters of play they had to call a timeout early in the fourth quarter to stop a 7-0 run and that was kind of the end all be all there they got outscored 54 to 35 in the second half but first half looked pretty good especially that second quarter outscored the lakers 24 to 19 Halftime, they were hovering around 32-33% from the field, 5-19 from beyond the arc, but the three-point shooting went cold there, especially in the second half. Brandon Miller did struggle from beyond the arc, 2-0 for 7 from three-point land, but had a lot of rebounds in there. It looked like he crashed the glass offensively pretty well. Also, 10 points. He cut down on the fouls once again, four fouls this time. A couple of assists sprinkled in there as well. So even though the results haven't been there for the Hornets, I still think they're moving in the right direction and they continue to progress as they continue to try to find their own way here in Summer League.
3: Yeah, for Brandon Miller, obviously the shooting's going to be the headline. 0 for 7 from three. He does shoot 4 of 18 overall. Made both his free throws, finishes with 10 points and a team high eight rebounds in the loss to the Lakers. But collectively, shooting a major issue. Hornet Summer League head coach Marlon Garnett saying that that's really the focal point. Struggling shooting and trying to find ways to rebuild the confidence in that facet of the game. We've been struggling as a team. I mean, tonight, 9 for 36.
2: 25 percent i think we only had five threes in the last game so four more again because we created some better ones uh in the first half we got to the paint we moved it we swung it and got some open looks uh, but yeah we're we're not shooting it that great right now so hopefully we can give them some more reps we had a good shooting practice yesterday tomorrow we'll get in the gym and we'll try to get the confidence in these guys you know elevated so i want them to continue to play confidently just taking the right ones so not the ones that are, like, urgent and off the bounce, thinking that, you know, we're going to get back in the game that way. We still got to play the right way, move the ball, and try to create good drive and kick threes as opposed to the good dribble up threes.
3: Rob Hornets collectively shoot just 30% from the floor, 25% from three. I think turnovers were a focal point at certain stretches, of this game, but but really it came down to shooting. We talk about it a lot. I, at least I talk about it a lot. Oftentimes the team that takes more shots tends to find the way to victory even if they don't shoot very well. Charlotte took more shots. Free throws were basically the same. Uh, this just came down to the Lakers were far more efficient, 45% from the floor, Hornets just 30%. That was the tale of the tape.
4: And a couple of the weird statistics that stand out is the Hornets were perfect on the free throw line. They were 16-16 going into the fourth quarter. Nick Smith Jr. missed two free throws towards the end of the fourth quarter to make it a 16 for 18 clip so the free throw shooting definitely was a positive here for the hornets and the other thing too is the offensive rebounds yeah charlotte got out rebounded in a total of 45 to 40 by the lakers but had 15 offensive boards so that was good that they had the second chance opportunities now granted you're gonna have more offensive rebounds when you shoot just 30 percent 31 percent from the field in general and a lot of those long rebounds because They were 9-36 to from beyond the arc, which is good for 26%. So I understand you're going to have more opportunities for offensive boards, but at the same time, they weren't just doing those ones and duns. They were able to have those second-chance points opportunities, try to get easier looks at the basket with the defense out of position, and they were able to convert a little bit. So those were kind of some of the positives that I took away from it, even though the shooting was still a little bit underwhelming here yesterday.
3: Let's find some more positives. Let's find the silver linings from a 93-75 to loss to the L.A. Lakers. Rob Longo, you choose first.
4: It's a tough one just because no one really stood out in general. Everybody was kind of even across the board in terms of points, performances, that sort of thing. I think I have to go with Nick Smith Jr. as my silver lining performance The plus minus doesn't look good. The shooting percentage doesn't look good. And that's because, well, nobody really shot the ball particularly well. But he finishes with 11 points. He only turned the ball over once. He played 26 minutes. And I thought he had some pretty good court vision there. He only ended up with two assists. But I thought he did a good job driving into the lane, being a little bit more aggressive, finding the open man on those open kickouts, whether it was a skip pass or an extra pass here or there. So I really like what I saw from Nick Smith. I thought there were times previous games that he was maybe a little timid. Maybe that was the Victor Wembanyama effect when you have a guy that looks like a giant in the paint that you don't really know how to get around, or if there's just maybe those First game jitters in the California Classic, but I think that Nick Smith Jr. is looking a little bit more comfortable. And we got to realize, too, that he is not a traditional number one point guard. He's more of a shooting guard, more of a two-guard, plays off ball. But he's doing a lot of the ball handling duties, and he's starting in Summer League, too. So i just like to see that continued progression from Nick Smith Jr., not turning the ball over, taking care of the basketball. The shots will come. That's why he's my silver lining performance from last night.
3: I'll take it. I think Nick Smith had a, another solid game. We're still looking for a spectacular game, really, from anyone on this Hornets Summer League squad. And, and Nick Smith Jr. has high expectations for himself. Here's what he had to say about his performance in this one to the Lakers and what he's looking to improve on moving forward. You know, I need to be better. I need to make shots, take care of the ball early, figure out where everybody should be at before the play even starts, just make sure everybody's going. All uh, right, There's a lot of things i got to do, but you know, I'll figure it out. Talking like a point guard there, I like it. it, and he's even touched on it that while at certain stretches of his time at Arkansas he was the point guard, really he played off the ball, he was more in that scorer role, and so he's in a certain respect going back to his time in high school in terms of trying to find that point guard once again not the easiest thing to do in a summer league a professional setting but he's doing his best out there nick smith jr a fine pick for silver linings performer this game to me rob it's almost reminiscent of the one that opened last year's summer league where there was just so much that went wrong for the team not individually but collectively shooting the ball that i almost take the three-point shooting just out of the equation because the team just shot so poorly there and if you do that then i think the scoring line for Brandon Miller looks a lot better. Miller finishes the game with 10 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Fouls came down. There were no turnovers. He did have a steal. He hit the offensive glass well. I think all in all, there will, of course, be an adjustment as there is for every player to the NBA line, to NBA rotations, but I think we're seeing things from Brandon Miller just in terms of raw ability and how it puts an imprint on this game that I think is worth noticing and giving some flowers to here from the charlotte hornets perspective so there are selections the first round picks get the nod brandon miller and nick smith jr coming up next there was an announcement in the last 48 hours when it comes to the in-season tournament a new thing for the hornets and the nba we'll break it down for you best we can next here on the hornets hivecast
0: live nation presents concert week
3: Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets i cast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. A new announcement came out over the weekend from the NBA. The brand new in-season tournament will debut in the 23-24 season. That's not new, but a little bit of the particulars, those were made known over the last 48 hours, so we'll share them with you. First off, we know the Hornets group for the inaugural playing for the NBA Cup is the championship trophy. Hornets are in the East Group B with Milwaukee, New York Knicks, Miami, and Washington. They're going to play all of these teams Once each, you got two home games, two road games as a part of this. And then based off your record, if you win your group or have the next best record for the entire conference, you'll move on to the quarterfinals. After that, if you win that one, you head to Las Vegas. If you fall short any step of the way, you do end up with six games that are all part of this in-season tournament series and all of them will count towards the regular season so there is always something to play for even if you're not necessarily going to win the nba cup and then it will all culminate in las vegas on december 9th in a championship game that is the only part of this that won't count towards the nba's regular season i've tried many different ways rob to make
4: a summation of all the information that came out i'll leave it to you how did i do i think you covered the Bases for the most part it can be a little bit confusing so basically everybody gets split into pods five teams each it's interesting the way that the pool shook out that the Hornets have two divisional opponents that they have to play against here so the group play is going to play every Tuesday or Friday beginning on Friday November 3rd or at least that's my understanding that might change but then you're going to have everybody play on either Tuesday or Friday moving forward with the exception of election day on November 7th and then you're going to go into those semifinals and then those finals of course in Las Vegas and of course there always has to be some sort of incentive so the winning team, each player gets $500,000 added to their salaries. The players on the losing team of the championship get $200,000 each. If you make it to the semis and you lose, you get hundred dollars and then you get fifty dollars if you make it to the quarterfinals and lose. So obviously there are some sort of incentives in it. It's going to be interesting on how this stuff works out, but I feel like between the two of us, we did the best we could describing this on a podcast. It's more of like one of those things that you need to see a visual or a flow chart or those sort of things. So hopefully we're able to kind of go over it the best we could.
3: We tried our best. Check out Hornets.com for more of the details. Uh, Real quick, I think that this is definitely a positive thing if you get the player's intrigued by it, and we really won't know about that until we reach the final game, that 83rd game, the one that doesn't count towards the regular season, and even then, I think it'll be less about how the players look at it, more how the organizations look at it. Are they willing to, quote-unquote, risk an injury of a premier player in a game that doesn't count towards the regular season, or one that is just kind of an addendum, an extra one? So, I think that will be one of the big questions to answer later on down the line. In terms of the Hornets' chances in group play, quite honestly, Honestly, I don't know that this could have gone much better here for Charlotte. Washington is a team that struggled relatively speaking, last year to begin with. They're undergoing some major changes. I don't think you can count on them to be spectacular. Not saying they're going to be bad, but it's not exactly another elite team that the Hornets have to go against. Miami has been an elite playoff team. When there is something on the line, they come out at their best. Regular season, though, the last couple of years have not been the best. So if you had to pick a team from that sector, it might as well be Miami that you take on. The New York Knicks, another strong opponent, but the Hornets seem to get up for games against. New York. That's one of the games that, according to the schedule, Charlotte should be visiting Madison Square Garden for. And last but not least, you have Milwaukee, uh, who uh, of course, one of the elite teams in the Eastern Conference, but the Hornets have played them well, and they're a team that's a little bit older. Injuries can be a factor come the regular season. So all in all, I think Charlotte's definitely got to do its part here, but I like their chances in this group as it's laid out. As Rob mentioned, all the games in terms of pool play will take place in November november tuesdays and fridays we know that the hornets are going to host milwaukee for this we know they're going to visit the new york knicks so that's a little bit more news because you're not always guaranteed the second of those matches so maybe that will impact it maybe it won't either way should be a lot of fun here as we have our first ever edition of the nba in season tournament still some time left to go here on nba summer league hornets have another game on the docket for you depending on when you're listening to this podcast either today or tomorrow uh, Charlotte will take on the Portland Trailblazers a game that was really when we started looking at the summer league schedule one of the marquee matchups it may have lost a little bit of its luster coming up on Tuesday we'll find out soon enough uh, but we'll start to break it down for you right here after this on the Hornet Cast. Live
0: Nation presents Concert Week.
3: Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Rob, Summer League continues. Hornets 0-2 now in Las Vegas, 0-4 overall this summer. They could certainly use a win. Their next opponent, the Portland Trailblazers, entering Summer League. This was a marquee matchup because it was the number 2 pick, Brandon Miller, the number 3 pick, Scoot Henderson. It was back and forth who was going to go to which franchise all throughout the pre-draft process. I think the Hornets are very happy with who they landed on obviously and how it looks for the future but there's certainly going to be a lot of intrigue on this one one other note as of the recording of this podcast we really don't know if that number three overall pick Scoot Henderson is going to play he suffered a shoulder injury in a really outstanding first game against the Houston Rockets unfortunately unable to finish that one did not go on Sunday we'll see if he's able to go on Tuesday against the Charlotte Hornets Rob Longo we need players to watch from both sides who are you looking at?
4: Well, let's begin with the Portland Trailblazers. And even though we don't know the status of Scoot Henderson, there's still a lot of notable names on this Trailblazers Summer League roster. You take a look at a couple of the guys. You have Chris Murray, who was their other first-round pick this year. Shayton Sharp, who is the player that I'm going to take a look at here as we preview this game in a couple days' time, or maybe today, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But again, this is a guy that had NBA experience. He played in 80 games last year, started 15 of them as a rookie, averaged close to 10 points per game played over 22 minutes per game on average as well. He had a 30-point performance in one of those contests, so he is very, very highly skilled. I think he's one of those guys that with the unknown circumstances surrounding the Portland Trailblazers and the Damian Lillard situation, Shaden Sharp has an opportunity to take a really big leap and have a really much bigger role on his Trailblazers team in the fall, depending on what happens with Damian Lillard. So that's why he's my player to watch today, or in a couple days, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. I'm so used to doing these daily ones. But again, Shaden Sharp is that guy that you really have to take a look at today. Going to be a really good matchup regardless because of that guard play. So that's why he's my player to watch for Portland.
3: I like the pick. He would have been my selection too if I were picking first in this. I'm going to go half glass full for the moment and just talk a little bit more here about Scoot Henderson. I think the fans would love to see him out there. would make for a great matchup. We don't know, honestly, how long the Hornets and Trailblazers and really everyone else are going to have their main guys out there on the floor. You hope it's for as much of Summer League as possible, but the reality is at some point teams tend to shut guys down, and if there's any risk of an injury, that, that chance escalates exponentially, but we'll keep our fingers crossed that we get to see Miller versus Scoot, get to see how Scoot handles playing against NBA-sized players, some of the guards, particularly the young ones like Book Knight, as well as Nick Smith Jr. for the Charlotte Hornets. I think that's a storyline as well. And how Brandon Miller's size stacks up against Chris Murray and other players on the Blazers' side. Speaking of Chris Murray, he is my player to watch for this one. Another big wing, six foot eight. obviously his brother Keegan Murray. Murray had an outstanding rookie season with Sacramento. There was a chance uh, going up to that pick that Chris would land with his brother in Sacramento. Portland grabs him one spot ahead of him. Uh, But he's another very talented, a little bit older player. He's 22 already. I'm in particular intrigued to see what he looks like head-to-head against Brandon Miller. Obviously, Brandon was the best player in college basketball all season last season. A lot of people thought the Big Ten and SEC were the top two conferences. There's not a whole lot of crossover there. So this is a chance for both of these two individual players to show what they got head-to-head. I'm excited to see how the Hornets handle Murray, how Murray handles Miller, so on and so forth. Last but not least, we need Hornets to watch.
4: I feel like we're starting to run out of players to keep an eye on. I'm trying to keep it fresh and pick a new one for every game. But for me, I think I have to go with James Naji because he didn't really play a ton against the Lakers the other day. He ended up playing almost close to 13 minutes. I thought he had some really good flashes there in the first half and just some just hard nose. High energy, high motor plays where it was tracking down an extra rebound, putting forth maybe a little bit more extra effort on a defensive glass. Just things that are little nuances that you don't see from every player in every summer league contest. And I know the stat line wasn't the greatest. He only took one shot. He ended up making it. He hit both of his free throws, ended up with four points, had two blocked shots. So it was a little bit of everything there. He had six rebounds as well. So he did his job. He set his screens. Not the sexiest stat line, like I mentioned, but I just want to see a little bit more from James Najee, whether that's maybe an extra big block on defense or a put-back dunk on offense. And we're just really, quite frankly, playing more minutes. So again, I don't really have like a huge, huge knowledge of this Portland roster, obviously the guards are the ones that kind of get the headliner for Portland. They do have a guy out there that's seven four though, and they have a couple of seven-footers on the other side for the Trailblazers, so maybe this is a good test for James Nagy to see what he can go up mano-a-mano size-wise. So hopefully he gets a little bit more playing time in this one against Portland, and we can see a little bit more from him.
3: I like it. We've seen good from him in spurts, certainly moments where he's able to use his size and his athleticism to pull down rebounds, block shots. Finish plays at the rim. We'd love to see a little bit more from him. I'm I'm going to be a little more critical here. I, I want to see something big here from James Booknight. I've heard so much good stuff about his work ethic over the summer. Clearly a talented player, a lottery pick a couple of seasons ago. It'll be his third season in the NBA. It's his second time in summer league. And we've, I think, similar to Najee, similar to Miller, similar to Smith, seen those stretches those flashes where book looks really really good but he's also struggled overall he went two for eight from three last game four for 14 overall from the floor turnover wise i don't think he was bad in that last loss to the la lakers only had the one but it came in a transition play where he seemed to have a, a breakaway finish for a, a lob for someone else to get the dunk tried to take it himself ended up turning it over that was at the stage of the game where it was really close and, and i'm being a little critical here just because i think he's so talented and he has such a great opportunity in front of him. As of now, I think Booknight is in the driver's seat to take a rotation spot on this Hornets team and you'd hope he would as a lottery pick from a couple of seasons ago entering his third year. I think confidence is huge for him. This is a big opportunity to build some whether it's Scoot Henderson on the other side or not, repair the Frenchman that was drafted in the second round by the Blazers on the other side or not, it doesn't really matter. James Booknight, I think the biggest thing for him here is to be the best James Booknight he can be if he does does that he is easily capable of putting 20 to 25 points on the board and maybe ending his personal summer league on a high note and heading to the remainder of summer where he'll continue that great work with the coaches uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm hopeful for the kid I'm rooting for him I want him to have a good game here all right that's going to do it for this edition of the HHC uh, as Rob indicated we're kind of going every other day as news breaks we'll cover it for you here on the Hornets Hivecast Rob Longo thanks
4: as always for joining me Pleasure as always, and selfishly, fingers crossed, no news breaks. I would like to have a day off tomorrow. We'll do our
3: best for you. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Uh, again, guarantee to the fans, if there's news, we'll cover it for you here on the HHC. For Rob Longo and all of us involved, I'm Sam Farber, saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time,
2: right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week